Well, my friends, today is Tactical Tuesday, and on every Tuesday, I give you some form of tactical and practical advice in terms of putting yourself out there as a creative or artist or whatever it is you creatively identify with. Yo, 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 welcome and welcome back, my pupils. Right now, you're listening to the Artistic Eye Podcast. I'm your host, Dorian with three eyes, a.k.a. D-O-R-I-I-I-O-N. You can find me on all social media platforms at exactly that. First and foremost, I want to take the time to tell you that I'm extremely grateful and thankful that you even took the time to listen to this podcast. Whether it's two seconds, 20 seconds, or this entire fucking episode, I want to let you know that I appreciate you for even lending me your ear. So thank you. You know, last week I talked about compartmentalization, which is basically this idea of taking big concepts and breaking them down into smaller concepts. And the benefit in doing this allows you to reach goals quicker. It allows you to basically reach big goals quicker. Or not even reach big goals, but maybe even understand large concepts. You know what I mean? Like, maybe you want to learn how to create a computer game. You know, that's a large goal if you've never taken any of the steps to do so. So maybe you want to focus on smaller steps like learning how to storytell, learning how to code, learning how to do animation, 3D anime, etc., etc. This is the idea of compartmentalization. Breaking big problems down into smaller problems. But we can go deeper into this idea of compartmentalization. Or maybe we can branch off while still using some of this element. This element of taking something big and breaking it down. Actually, that's exactly what I want to talk about right now. Breaking shit down. You know, for us as artists, for us as creators, we have a lot of negative emotion and negative connotation when it comes to destroying things. And breaking shit And I'm actually going to do A lot of episodes To help dispel Some of this taboo And spookism Around this idea of destruction But Understand this Destruction is just the other side Of creation And so you can't have one without the other Okay So don't be afraid of things being destroyed. Don't be afraid of losing things. Don't be afraid of death. These are all a part of the creative process. This is all a part of life. Okay? But I'll go deeper into that. That's a whole different conversation in itself. But understand that destruction is just another form of creation. It's just creating in a different way. Okay? So one way... To help you and your creative endeavors Is to destroy shit (laughs) Probably wasn't expecting that But no, literally You want to be more creative Be more destructive Seriously, no, literally But let's bring this down Into reality, okay Because this sounds a little more heady This sounds a little up in the clouds Let's, Let's get grounded in this What do I mean by destroying shit? How in the world can you be creative while also being destructive simultaneously. I'll tell you how. Just listen. What I'm talking about right now is this idea called reverse engineering. 
okay? Us artists, we are engineers. We are engineers of our own worlds, aka we are the creators of our own worlds, the manifestators, man, uh, the manifestors of our imaginations, right? We bring what we see in our heads into reality. We, we give it shape and form. We give our emotions and feelings, things that you can't see, shape and form, aka making it able to be seen. That's what we do. We're engineers. We're alchemists. We do all these magical and mystical things. But sometimes it can be hard to do that. And, and, and rightfully so. It can be hard to make something that's not seen become seen. You know what I mean? It can be hard to build on things that aren't tangible. AKA emotions, thoughts, feelings, imaginations, etc., etc. So I think us as artists need to figure out as many ways as possible to help us in this endeavor, help us make things more realistic, help us make things more creative, help us end our creative endeavors. One of those ways is reverse engineering, aka destroying things, breaking things down. What's the merit in that? Why is that a good thing? Well, because when you break things down, when you destroy things, you actually end up finding out how it was created in the first place. You know what I mean? Like, for example, if we use this idea of compartmentalization, when you when you break something down, when you reverse engineer, when you destroy something, you're taking this big idea, this big concept, and you're breaking it down into smaller concepts, into smaller pieces. And when you do this, you get to see how each piece interacts with each other. You get to see where each piece goes and why they go there. How things work. AKA, you can start to see how to build this thing, this very thing that you destroyed. And now, once you have that, you can make your own version of that. For example, we probably all have heard the saying, in order to break the rules, you must first know the rules. And then once you know the rules, you can break the rules as much as you want. This is kind of the same concept when we're talking about reverse engineering. In order to break the rules, AKA in order to put your individuality into something, you have to first know how it works. AKA you need to Break it down and see how to make it, how to build it, how to build the original uh, prototype. And once you can build the original pro prototype, you can make your own versions. You know what I mean? You can make your own spin-offs. For example, if you break down a car, you're going to learn how a car works. You're going to learn how to build a car. And then once you learn all the basic necessities that makes a car work, you can make your own car instead of making the exact same car that you just broken down. You get what I'm saying? We can use this idea of reverse engineering in every part of our lives. For example, we as artists, especially the illustrators, talk down on people who trace. I, even myself sometimes I talk down on people who trace. I try not to because I understand the importance and the value of, of individuality and being non-judgmental. But hey, I'm human. Sometimes I'm like, oh wow, I can tell they, they trace this. 
and I don't like that. But hey, that's a whole different conversation. But listen, what actually happens when you trace work? You start to learn how to draw. Now, of course, you're not learning how to draw from your own imagination, so you may have to learn how to actually, you know, draw without reference later down the line, but that's a whole different thing. You're still learning how to draw. For example, when I was in first grade, that's when I first learned that I can draw naturally. You know what I mean? Like everyone around me was drawing stick figures. Meanwhile, I was drawing real figures. You know what I mean? Now, of course, granted, being six years old, they weren't like photorealistic. You know what I mean? But they were still different. They were still more realistic than a stick figure. You know what I mean? Like you can actually tell this person has a torso, not just a line. <laughs> a 2D line, you know what I mean? So that was natural. That came naturally. But then, eventually, I started to trace. I started to trace works in magazines and and you know stuff like that. I would just trace people and trace faces and trace bodies and stuff like that. And I didn't even realize that this is why I was doing it. But looking back, I see exactly now why I was doing it. Which is a whole different conversation in itself that sometimes our spirit, our soul knows exactly what it's doing. Even if our conscious mind doesn't know what it's doing or why it's doing it. That's a different conversation. Anyways, so yeah, I'm looking back now and I realized that I was tracing because that was teaching me how to draw even better. That was teaching me more of the drawing fundamentals, right? Because I never learned how to draw from anyone else. I never went outside of myself to learn how to draw. I always learned from myself. But the moment I started to trace things, I started to learn, you know, the importance of shading, the importance of values, the importance of perspective, you know, etc., etc. Other drawing fundamentals that I probably wouldn't have learned anywhere else because I didn't get any traditional formal teaching. You get what I'm saying? So, because I traced so many pictures aka because I reverse engineered so much artwork it helped me and allowed me in my artworks and my creative endeavors later on in life now I know how to draw certain shit now I know certain drawing fundamentals you get what I'm saying let's use a different example Kanye West most of us are familiar with Kanye West Kanye is a highly acclaimed, high status musician. And he got there, of course, through hard work, but also through the ability to reverse engineer. Okay? Kanye West is regarded as one of the most creative musicians of our time. He is literally referred to as a creative genius in certain groups, in certain circles, right? So we have someone who we deem as oh so creative, that creative, but then one has to stop and think, well how in the world did he become so creative? Is it all talent or is some of his skills and can be learned? Well, I'm sure some of it has to deal with some talent, but you can learn creativity. You can learn how to build whatever it is that you're trying to learn how to build. In this case, Kanye was trying to learn how to build songs. He was trying to learn how to build sonically pleasing sounds. 
things that you would want to listen to. But guess how he learned how to build that? He didn't get a teacher. He didn't learn from school. As a matter of fact, he dropped out of school. And he's proud of the fact that he dropped out of school. As a matter of fact, he has an entire album called College Dropout. <laughs> so that says one thing about, you know, college. Or maybe not even college, but Kanye West's opinion about college, right? That's one thing. But here we are, or here we have someone who is publicly shitting on formal teaching, formal education, yet... He is very well educated when it comes to a particular subject, aka music. How? How did he teach himself? I'm sure you already know the answer to this based off of this episode. But the answer is reverse engineering. From, I don't know, basically the entire 90s, right? There was a lot of... uh, culturally impactful music being created namely hip hop you know 90's hip hop R&B and rap music was taking the world by a storm and this is undeniable this is a fact the whole world was listening to rap music and hip hop and R&B during the 90's and they still are but the 90's was you know the beginning of such a you know, creative and powerful wave. And Kanye, knowing this, decided to use one of his most um, powerful currencies, aka his attention. And he focused it on this area. Aka, he started to focus more on 90s hip hop. He started to focus more on, you know, 90s R&B. 90s rap music And when he focused on it He started to see certain things He started to realize The types of songs people like He started to realize The types of music That people would tend to flock to And enjoy listening And once he seen these trends You know what he did? He ended up making that exact music Those exact songs A.K.A. he reverse engineered What was already working To find out how to make that work for him that's what we're really talking about here. So from 91 to 1999, there was a shitload of music, you know, revolutionary, culturally impactful music being released. Kanye West wanting to be a culturally powerful, a culturally impactful musician, decided to study this, decided to use his currency, a.k.a. his attention for this, Right? And when he did so, he basically broke down every album that was released during that time frame. He, he broke down every album released in the 90s. Each song on each album, he would recreate that in his own way. And when he did that, they ended up forcing him to learn how to make music in general. Because that's all he was doing was making music. But he wasn't just making any type of music. He was, he was remaking music that already was working. You get what I'm saying? So he was reverse engineering, you know, stru- sound structures. He was learning how to create a chorus, how to create a hook. You know, why, do, why does this go there? 
You know what I mean? Why does that go there? Why do these sounds work better at the beginning of a song versus the end? Et cetera, et cetera. And he kept, kept on doing this and learning from this experience to the point that he was able to do this in his own way. So, when you hear it like that, you have to think, oh, so he was just a copy artist. Well, not entirely. Like, sure, he gained so much of his wisdom and expertise from copying, but the reason he wasn't a copy artist and still isn't a copy artist is because he didn't re-release the music. He might have recreated so that he can learn how to make it himself. But he didn't re-release it. He didn't just copy it and paste it and then put his name on there. Okay? He didn't plagiarize. He simply reconstructed. And with that reconstruction, he's able to make his own music with that. His own creations with that. So, I say all that to say, listen, artists. It's okay to trace. Okay? Don't feel so bad about tracing. As a matter of fact, you're probably doing the most learning that you can right now in tracing. So trace all you want. Trace that shit. Trace it the fuck up. Even if you're not, you know, talking about actually tracing. Maybe your your type of art isn't digital or maybe it's not illustration in drawing. But whatever it is, trace. Whatever it is. Follow that recipe exactly how it is, word for word. Follow that dance routine, you know, step by step. Trace. Copy it. But don't claim it as yours. It's only yours when you actually make your own version of it. When you take those fundamentals and use it for your own creative abilities, for your own imagination. Okay? That's the difference between reverse engineering and copying. Reverse engineering is just as useful. You know what I mean? It's quite useful. Because you're going to learn how to actually make whatever it is that you want it to make. For those of you who don't know, reverse engineering is literally hacking. That's actually where I got this term from. You know, I studied computer science for about six, seven years now. So I, a lot of you know, things have stuck with me from learning computer science. And one of the things in computer science is reverse engineering, a.k.a. hacking. A.k.a., you know, the the whole, the movies about hackers and the people who, like, crack codes and get into your bank account or, you know, the people who hack social media and hack websites and et cetera, et cetera. You, do you know how they hack? I know how. I mean, I don't know exactly how, like, word for I can't break down a process, but I know how to hack. Like, I, I have the basic concept, the fundamentals. And the main fundamental to hack is to break down what was there, a.k.a. reverse engineer. For example, many hackers, when they want to hack a website, what do they do to hack it? What is the first step they do? They recreate that website. They make their own version of that website. Why do they do this? Well, one, they do this because it allows them to understand exactly how the website works. 
Okay, once you understand exactly how something works, you understand how to break it. Or if not break it, how to put your own elements into it. Right? And that's that's what the whole hacking is. But what do we what do, what do I mean by hacking? Let's go beyond just computers. Let's apply this to art or creative endeavors or anything in life. What is hacking? Sometimes we hear that word right after another word, life. Life hacking, life hacks, etc., etc. When we hear these terms, it usually deals with speeding up a process, right? Speeding up a process to reach a certain goal. And that's what hackers do. They speed up the process of going through long data points in, in order to hurry up and reach a certain goal. For example, people who hack banks. They're skipping the process of having to go to work every day <laughs> to hurry up and get money. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe for a more practical example, people who hack, I don't know, websites, right? They're skipping the process of actually typing in usernames and passwords, and they're just skipping that and going directly into the website, going directly into your, you know, your account, whatever it may be, et cetera, et cetera. This may be going a little too far. Again, I'll talk about more of this later in a deeper episode. But point is that most of us are out here looking for hacks. Most of us are out here trying to speed up processes, skip processes. Most of us are trying to learn how to put our individuality into certain things, how to break certain things, but we don't actually know how to do it efficiently. That's another reason why we don't like to break things, why we don't like to destroy things. Not realizing that destruction is just another side of creation. Again, whole different conversation. I'll save that for a spiritual talk. But if you really want to hack, you really want to skip processes, quote unquote. AKA, if you really want to learn something fast, gain wisdom fast, the best thing you can do is to trace what is already working. Or to break what is already working. But don't just leave it broken. Once you break it down, build it again. Rebuild it. And I guarantee you will understand just how that thing works. And once you're done rebuilding, don't just release it as is and say it's yours. Don't just put your name on it. Because now you're copying. Now you're plagiarizing. No, no, no. Once you gain that wisdom, use that wisdom for your own creations. And this is how you reverse engineer. So use this concept wherever you can. And don't feel bad if sometimes you feel like tracing. It's okay. All you're doing is gaining wisdom. I think we all can use a bit more wisdom. You know what I mean? So trace it up.